The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thank you for tuning in each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, to a show devoted, <laughs> devoted, devoted to the sport of kings. We are winding down our radio season, and we have one more show after tonight in the session. And with that in mind, we need to start examining very closely how Winning Ponies has been doing. Let me start off by saying the exotic predictions have paid in excess of over $5 million to date in 2009. Those are some incredible numbers for exotic predictions, over $5 million. Winning ponies, get this. You're not going to believe it, but you're going to have to go back and check it out yourself. But you can take my word for it, and I can save you a little bit of time. Winning ponies like Summerbird since the Kentucky Derby and vindicated them with a better track condition and a jock change in the 141st running of the Belmont. In the Belmont, winning ponies had the cold exacta with Dunkirk, $121 even, and the triple or trifecta, 295 bucks, and the superfecta, 852 chamoleons. Pretty good bread just for following Summerbird. You had to, you had to go to the Derby. Rome Bird. You had to go to the Preakness. Philly ruled, but Summerbird paid off when they went from Chris Rozier to Kenta Sormo in the Belmont. And as I said, 121 for the exacta, the triple 295, and the super 852 bucks even. They also had the Manhattan Handicap Tri for $1,859. Probably would have had the super, but there were no supers. Kind of tough to have it if you don't offer the wager, but hey. That isn't jump change. It was a major day for a major information source. And let's take a quick look at some of the benefits of winning ponies. First of all, to kick it off, all testimonials. That's if you type in, let them know what's happening, what you like, what you'd like to see, what you'd like to hear, how you've been doing, your big scores. You drop a testimonial to winning ponies, you get a free baseball cap. To start sending in your feedback now. It's a cool looking lid. Your winning credits, which are used to purchase predictions, that's how you actually do it. You don't have to pay $15 per sheet, some do, $20 per sheet. 
and you only get charged for the races that you download. Example, if you catch up in this race number four and you miss the first three, you only get charged races four through, say, ten, if there are ten on the card there, and you only pay for those. That is a bonus. And you can change up any time you like. You're not... You're not locked into having to play every single day. You can play when you want. You don't want to play today? You want to play next week? You want to play every day? Your decision. You can change your track condition. If that turf condition changes to slop or if the weather changes, no other data out there allows this, and it is extremely limited, extremely limited to winning ponies. On Belmont Day alone, I changed it three times. Exposure of complete PPs. That means just like you'd get out of your program, the daily racing form, or any other data that you would use, the complete past performances right there on every horse. You have a speed rating for today and a three-race average as well as a turf rating. I love this. Special features, you get a plus symbol, which means expect a better effort. You get a double plus symbol. It means even better than that. Whenever I see a a double plus, now you don't see 15 of those a day at your favorite track. But when you do see one, I have yet to lose on the double plus symbol. And even better, the banners and icons, which alert you to first-time starters, monster works, First-time blinkers, dropping or raising in class, very important, should improve. Layoff in the last 45 days, blinkers on and off. First-time Lasix has improved in a three-year-old runner. These are things they highlight for you. So when you actually, you, you've already dropped your credits in, what do you get? I'm kind of giving you an overview of just how easy it is to you. All selections are tiered, top, middle, and third level. This allows you to see all the value in the final runners to complete your tri supers, pick threes, pick fours, and pick sixes. Throwing that a name, name dropper time, Andy Beyer. Take a look at his. He talks about tier levels, and he pumps some major money at them. Major, major money. Take a look at his books. See how they are. See how they are tiered out. Makes it so much easier to actually jump in there. I mean, you know what? You don't like something on the top tier? It's not telling you to play one, two, or three. It's giving you the tiered perspective. Say, hey, look, I want to I shoot for the wall because if I hit this, I'm going to hammer it. You might have to drop down to the second or third tier and mix it in with the first tier. With that, you can knock the ball out of the park. Biggins, here's a view for you. Friday, June 12th, 159 total. 159 total Biggins. Race number two at Canterbury. Superfecta key, 11,762.40. Not too bad. And as I'm rolling up here, I'm looking at the Biggins, and there are a bev- I mean, it is, it is going on. Saturday, June 13th, 205 total Biggins. You're not going to believe this, and you're going to have to go back and check it out on the data. 
It's already there in the archives. It does not change. It cannot change. Louisiana Downs, race number three, a Superfecta, $238,000 and $422 that you would probably leave for the clerk. Now that's major shooting right there. Sunday, June 14th, 135 total biggins. Mammoth Park, race number eight, a Superfecta, 4,766 even. Not a bad day at the office. Monday, June 15th, 37 total biggins. Colonial Downs races four through seven, a pick four, $677.80. Right behind that was Delaware Park, race three, a Superfecta box, $632.60. And right back in third place was Colonial Downs, race number seven, a Superfecta, $630.60. Not bad at all. Tuesday, June 16th, 65 total biggins. Delaware Park race two, Superfecta, Nineteen thousand one forty-one sixty. That's incredible. Wednesday, June seventeenth, fifty-six total biggins. A Cinnabois. I think I'm saying that correctly. Only Pistol P would be able to actually tell me. Or Cinnaboy A is what he would probably say. Downs. Race number six. A Superfecta Key. Nine thousand nine seventy-nine sixty. That's a fair bit of dinkum right there. And then. Thursday, June 18th, 49 total biggins. The thing I love about this, I'm employed at River Downs, marketing director of River Downs. They crushed, crushed River Downs today. Sunray Park led the day with race number three, a Superfecta, 2005-9840, and there's still races going on, so this is all subject to change. But take a look at River Downs, race number four, a Superfecta key, 1480 bucks. Race number 10, a Superfecta key, 803.40. River Downs race 6, a Superfecta key, 455. Race 4, Trifecta key, 427.40. Race 9, a Superfecta key, 303.60. The 6th at River, they crushed my track. I love it. 292 even. Not a bad day at the office. So that's what's happening with Biggins. That's what's happening with the sheet. That's everything that you need to know. And as I said, we're getting down with one more show, and I actually want to give you kind of a recap of what the sheet is about. You know about the biggins, and I gave you a few. I gave you quite a few. They have a tote board on there. It keeps you up to the minute with all the tracks, races, minutes to post, and weather. Blogs. Blogging about our great sport, free selections, national news, from ESPN and the AP Wire, a one-stop shop that has effectively effectively all the information from the novice to the hardcore player. whole lot of fun. I suggest you check it out. Matter of fact, I say get on it and check it out and see what you think. I have not been disappointed. I've, been, I've always considered myself a pretty good handicapper. Since I've been using Winning Ponies, I say it's made me a much better handicapper. I've got some pretty nice sweet scores, and they have not let me down. Let me get cracking real quick on a quick recap with the Triple Crown races now in the rearview mirror and $25.5 million Breeders' Cup World Championship less than five months away. Attention is turning to the weekend to the divisional battles that point the way to the year-end honors. Can you believe that? 
It's just, it's just around the corner. It's five months away. It just seems like yesterday we were talking five months and we were looking at the Triple Crown. In the Classic Division, leading up to the $5 million Breeders' Cup Classic at Santa Anita this fall, upsets were the rule of the day. Macho again knocked off Einstein, smartest horse in the business. At Churchill Downs, while informed, whipped rail trip at Hollywood Park. This is all heading up for the $5 million Breeders' Cup. Can't beat it. Macho again circled all seven rivals in the final furlong of Saturday, $600,000 Stephen Foster handicap. At Churchill Downs, getting clear at the end to win by a length over Asiatic Boy. I believe I loved Asiatic Boy, Alan Garcia. This kid's underrated. Trust me. You'll be hearing his name for quite some time. The favorite Einstein was bottled up. That's a kind way of putting it. How about bottled up and buried under there? He was flatter than a lizard, as my Australian friends would say. Was bottled up most of the way when Jockey and Julian Le Peru found him room. He could do no better than third. Macho again, a four-year-old Florida bred by Macho Inu, ran the nine furlongs on a fast track at 149 and three. Not bad. We'll get back to more of that. But it is during our second segment, which is going to be coming up after our first break. After we head out to our first break, when we return, we always have our special guest of the week, and this week is no different as we're going to be having trainer, one of the good guys, one of the great guys of racing, bloodstock agent, a man who knows his way around the track, Mr. Ken McPeak. So you're definitely going to want to stay tuned. That's if you want to hear all the information and hear all the goodies that one Mr. Ken McPeak is going to be tossing out here on Winning Ponies. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Duty, freedom, country, family. They're the values that make America strong and what our armed forces are fighting to defend. While many talk about these ideals without action, they are just empty words. If you think America's military families deserve more, log on to thanksusa.org. It's a great way to thank our troops and give military families the gift of education. Thanksusa.org. Scholarships for America's military families. You can make a difference. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports your 
tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. It is during this segment where Winning Ponies is honored to have on our weekly special guest, and this week is no different. We have trainer, bloodstock extraordinaire, and one of the good guys in racing, Mr. Ken McPhee. Good evening, Ken. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for taking the time away from family and friends and, and everything, because I know you have an awfully long day. Ken, I've, uh, I've got to talk to you a few times. I've got to meet you once or twice at River Downs. Can you give our listeners a little inside look into your bio and how you got involved in racing? Well, um, you know, it's the long one, the long version. <laughs> hey, the, the, you know what? The, uh, I guess what, what they call it in college, the cliff note version. The, the quickie version. <laughs> my, my grandmother used to bring ponies to her house on Sundays, and if we went to church, we got to ride. All right. And then my dad taught me. My grandfather took me to the races when I was about eight, nine. I learned how to read a pedigree by the time I was probably 11 or 12. Um, used to go to the races, um, enjoyed it. Didn't uh, do anything but look at horses and read their, their pedigrees. Never was much of a better. Still, not, still don't bet much. Um, let's see. Went off to, well, during high school, I worked on the farms just during summers. You know, when I got my driver's license, I, I got a job weed eating and bringing in mares in the morning. And um, so that was interesting. And then went to college, at, went to UK and got a degree in business finance. And I like to say that in 50 cents to get me a cup of coffee. But <laughs> um, Especially nowadays. Spent a lot of time in, in, the, in the ag library read, reading pedigrees when I was in school and then when I graduated, um, I got drunk with my roommates, and I was up till 4 in the morning. And I looked over at one of them, and I said, well, i got to get a job. And he says, well, what do you love? And I said, that's easy. I love horse racing. And he says, well, good, do it. I'm going to bed. <laughs> you know, it sounds like you were typical college. But and I drove to Keeneland and got a hot walking job an hour later. Oh, <laughs> there we go. But most people go to Keeneland, and they, they all get loaded up, and they usually spend mom and dad's money over there. But you actually went to work. Ken, it was, it was a, 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 I'm going to say, probably two years ago. It was on a Cincinnati radio station. John Engelhard and I, we were talking to you, and uh, we were actually just kind of shooting, uh, shooting the uh, story of uh, you getting back in the game after your hiatus away from training. And you said that, you know, you were going to come back, and uh, it, we were going to kind of throttle things down a little bit. Has that plan still been in effect, or is it bigger than ever? Well, I made some mistakes, like anything in life. You know, it's not, it's not a straight line. Um, I had, when I sent horses off and put them in New York and Chicago and, and had horses in Kentucky and Florida, and at one time I looked up and I had 160 horses in six states. Wow. And, and you know, at some point I realized, and then they called me on the 1st of uh, April 2005, and they said my mother was terminally ill. And she had some things that needed to be settled, her estate. And, you know, her husband was struggling with, a, you know, dealing with her illness. And I needed to spend some quality time with her. The big stable had affected 
the quality of my time with my wife and my daughter, you know, it, affect, it was affecting relationships. And I just called big time out. Um, you know, one of those things in life that you say, well, what's more valuable? What's more important? Um, I told all along when I, when I stopped, I told all my clients, I said, I don't know. Could be just for a few months, could be for a few years, could be forever. I don't know. But um, it was one of those periods where we had to do some, you know, soul searching, had to restructure whatever it was, had to figure out a better way. Um, I wasn't happy with the horses in different places. It had stretched me to, you know, not only physically, you know, it, my relations with my clients was struggling because I was, you know, I had gotten too big. And um, now what we've done, and I've resisted up to this point, like I, I got a call today, racing secretary in Chicago want me to bring horses to Chicago. Um, and, he's, and that's not the first time he's called me. And I've said, no, I can't. You know, it's not what I don't want to go there again. I've been there. Um, New York, I think Saratoga is a, what I'd call a challenge that I like. Um, I like playing at a high level. Um, if you can, you know, if you can, you know, trade punches with the big boys in the ring, then you can do it anywhere. And I know I can do it there. So I like going there for the five to six weeks that they run. And other than that, we're in Kentucky most of the year, and then we consolidate in Florida during the winter also. Talking about trading punches with the big boys, congratulations on Career Victory 1000. I have to say that is quite a milestone. Do you know a fellow by the name of Bill Conley? What's that? I lost you. Do you know a fellow by the name of Bill Conley? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I think he's knocking on that career door of 1000 just as you've eclipsed. Yeah, yeah, Billy's a good guy. You know, we've we've been in the trenches together for a very, very long time. And yeah. uh, there's anybody that works any harder than Billy, and um, he, he deserves to get that milestone as well. Uh, he sure does. He he definitely says it the way it is, and uh, he's, he's not one to mince words, and, and that I love to hear. And, and I'm glad that you took some needed time out for, uh, for the things that matter the most, and that's family and relationships, because... As you said, uh, the, the horses may have to wait indefinitely, but uh, you took care of what was definitely needed. A story that's taken some national attention is Wesley Ward and his horses winning at Royal Ascot. But the little-known fact is they've had public works at River Downs, Little River Downs, a place you may know well. Oh, absolutely. And Wesley, uh, he's been on a real roll lately, especially with his young horses. And uh, it doesn't surprise me he's successful over there. I mean, the American horses are really probably better prepared for those baby races than than the English horses because we've got, you know, Cala or you can prepare him in Miami. And um, But he's definitely done a good job. Oh, he sure has. And one of the nicest guys and, and actually looked great on the, uh, the cover of the Thursday form there in Code and Tales. Kenny, I have to ask you, where you began, where was the place that you that you got your first win for Ken McPeak? Well, River Downs, um, a horse that named Final Destroyer. We went in there and ran a, won a maiden 10 claimer one year. I think the purse was 3900 to the winner. <laughs> and it was, a, it was a fun day. It was just as fun then as it is now, and um, I'm proud of it. And, you know, I like coming back every year to win the cradle if I can do it. 
Well, but, you're, um, you're knocking on the door each and every year. Uh, I was I was just looking through all of your stakes races. Bassinet and Cradle was uh, in there quite a bit, and uh, and to let you know, those of us at River and uh, those who follow your career, we're definitely proud to have. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun to say. Uh, River Downs, in a sense, is the cradle of uh, riders, trainers, owners, etc. I mean, it, it just goes on and on. A lot of them have started out that small-time oval. Who was your first big horse that kick-started your career? Well, Tejano Run was was a horse that really got me going. Um, you know, Roy Monroe was a guy that I, I encouraged Roy to buy younger horses so that we could get better horses, and and uh, he gave me a little bit of a budget, and, and we got lucky. And um, that horse, he may still to this day be the best horse that I've ever trained. <clears throat> he had a lot of physical issues that we battled. I think if I, I wished I had had the horse when I was a little older because I've learned some lessons that you know, maybe I would have done a little bit different. But in hindsight, um, you know, he's still got to be proud of everything he did. I mean, he, he ran 123 buyer figure one time in his career. I mean, he was just immensely talented. And... Um, you know, a, a horse that just got, kind of got me going. It seems like yes, a Tejano run. I can still see that uh, that late charge down the lane, and uh, it's it, to me it, in racing more more so than any other sport. Just time flies, and it's hard to believe that you know uh, it, it. It just seems virtually like it was last week that I actually saw Tejano run rolling down the lane. Can I have to ask you, McPeak Racing Stables? What makes your operation different from from the others? Well, I'm very actively involved in the purchasing. Um, I, I believe that, you know, when you're buying horses you or training, you want to train a horse that you like physically. Um, I think that years ago, especially having learned the pedigrees, going to a sale, and then, then also training a lot of cheaper horses when I was young ha- has been, I guess you could say, I've been able to put the math together. Um, I like being able to go help pick them out and then develop them. I've bought enough bad horses to have learned a lot of lessons and, and enough good ones to, to learn that lesson as well. And, and I just think that it's an advantage. If, if a college coach, whether you're, they're coaching basketball or football or whatever sport they're involved in, if they don't have any control over the players that they're handling, then you can't really blame them. And if a, if a trainer has more control over the quality of players or even the body types of the players that he's bringing in, then, then ultimately the responsibility falls on, on him. And, and I always say, you know, put the weight on my shoulders. I can take it. All right. I'll buy plenty of horses that don't work out, but I'll buy you one that'll pay for the rest of them. And, um, that, that's been my MO. I've, uh, I've said the rule of five for every five horses you buy, one can't run, one refuses to run, one gets hurt, One's a nice horse that you have a little bit of fun with, and one's a really nice horse that helps you forget the other four. <laughs> I, I love, you know, I've never heard that said. And, and practically, you know, being around the races for over 20 years, you've heard a little bit of everything, but I really like that. I think that somewhere that needs to uh, be etched on a wall, maybe as you're coming out of your attack room, where you actually hit that like a Notre Dame sign every morning. You know, you can go to Ocala, Keeneland, or elsewhere, but you catch a plane to South America. Explain right. what gems you are pulling out from down south. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm a horse hunter. I mean, I believe that. Well, for one, I've never had the budget that could buy European horses, and I do think the European horses are probably the strongest. Um, well, in European horses, 
But the South American horse is an excellent horse. And when I first started going, the market was relatively soft and that you could, you know, the, the dollar was strong. You know, it was almost four to one for the Brazilian Rei. The peso was, I think, four or five to one. Um, so you could really get a really good horse for modest amounts as in, in the scheme of things. And, and then the dollar's gotten weaker, so it's a little bit more it's difficult right now on the older horses. Um, Sheikh Mohammed's actively involved in, in buying the older horses there, so he, he's, you know, his weight is felt. And then, you know, then I shifted to yearlings there, and, and you know, I don't know if you knew it or not, but I bought Einstein there as a yearling. Mm-hmm. And that was um, probably the, that's that may have been the first time it's ever been done. A horse brought or bought at a yearling sale, brought out of there, and then you know been able to compete at a high level in North America. He he was a horse that we had to be very very patient with, and um, subsequently, of course, when I took the hiatus, you know, Helen Pitts ended up with Einstein and ended up with Curlin, which um, you know that's how the ball bounces. And uh, I you know at the same time I'm very proud. It's been as as good for my career as it is has been for hers. You know, you made mention of Helen Pitts and what a remarkable job she's actually doing on track. It's a lot of fun. Every time you know you, people make mention, well, it's Helen Pitts, your name immediately follows. Well, she came under the tutelage of. But I have to ask you a question. You alluded to the name, and, and hopefully people didn't catch it. 2005, September, Keeneland, yearling sale. Bloodstock aging extraordinaire stepped up to the big plate and signed up for a horse that I think we've all heard of. Yeah. He was a monster. You know, um, Curlin was, um, as a yearling, he was even then a, what I would call a Greek god physically. Although he had, he had a very unusual problem that he, that they had operated on him about, uh, eight weeks before the sale. And um, th- this is a story that people may enjoy. Uh, when I bought the horse, I, I didn't have a-, a buyer. So I signed the ticket, $57,000 yearling by Smart Strike. No big deal. I didn't think much of it at the time. Called a few people and had several people say, no, no, I don't want anything, not now. So I called one guy, Bill Gallion. I said, Bill, you know, I got a horse, you know, within your budget. What do you think? He said, yeah, that's fine. No problem. So had the horse vanned over to the farm. And um, farm manager calls me immediately. He says, Kenny, uh, this guy named Gail Garrison, he says, Kenny, did you look at this horse? And I said, well, yeah, of course I did. I had two vets look at the left ankle. You know, the horse has a little left ankle. He says, well, we're not going to take this horse. This horse got a bad, bad left ankle. <laughs> and I said, well, that's fine. I, I said, you know, I had the research done, and they said that give him time, he'll be okay. He had an OCD the size of a dime removed, which is a significant one that had closed into the size of a racer head in the short period, but he needed another 60 to 90 days. And he said, well, don't worry, I'll get him tomorrow. He says, well, before you do that, let me talk to, you know, Shirley and Bill, and I'll, uh, I'll uh, get back with you. Well, Shirley call, Cunningham calls me. He says, Kenny, you know, you bought this horse with a bad left ankle. You know, we're not going to take this horse. This horse has got a bad left ankle. Why did you buy a horse with a bad ankle? And I said, well, listen, you know, he's a beautiful horse other than the ankle, but you know, for 57, I think you got to forgive something someplace because that's just, you know, it's a tough game. If he, if he was perfect, he would have brought two or 300. So he says, well, we're not going to take him. And I said, well, that's fine. I said, I'd get him tomorrow. Don't worry. I got, you know, other people that will put a partnership or whatever. 
then Bill Guyon calls and he says, well, you know, Kenny, everybody's all upset. You bought this horse with a bad ankle and, you know, I'm trying to, you know, calm them down. And, you know, why did you buy this horse? And I said, well, listen, the horse is a beautiful horse. And he says, well, I don't think Shirley's going to take him, but, you know, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I'll probably put a partnership together. And I said, for that matter, I'll, you know, I'll take a quarter. He says, well, if you'll take a quarter, I'll take a quarter. And I said, well, you know, well, whatever. I mean, let's find somebody to take the other half. And he says, well, let me get back with you. Phone rings again, Shirley Cunningham. He says, Kenny, we're going to keep the damn horse, but we're not happy that you bought a horse with a bad ankle. <laughs> Ten million dollars later, <laughs> it's it's like buying the Yankees for a for a pack of bubble gum, and when they were at the text. But anyway, um, I, you know, I was that close to owning a quarter of him. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been a little? I was one phone call from owning a quarter of him. <laughs> if only you've been on the other line right then. Kenny, I've been watching your training uh, techniques for, for quite a long time, and I, and I enjoy I actually see you got a couple in on Saturday down at Churchill Downs. I won't put your feet to the fire on that one, but I know you're a patient trainer, and it doesn't seem like you push the two-year-olds as some trainers do. Some believe in it, some don't. Uh, are there, as our listeners have pen in hand, are there anything they can be writing down and be ready to watch for the, from the Make Peak Barn? Well, I mean, listen, I don't press the babies to win first time out. If they do it, they usually do it on their own merits. I believe in, well, there's a couple of reasons. I, I buy a horse with a little bit longer hind leg because I believe that the longer they run, the longer they run the distance. But if you get one that's quick in its own right, and, you know, some horses that I can recall that one first trip were Take Charge Lady, who was just exceptionally talented, um, Tahano Run, one first trip, exceptionally talented horse. Um, no, Harlan's Holiday was second first time out, but then went on from there. But good horses do, you know, they do things well easily. But our MO is to let them break, tell the jockey to sit still, you know, don't, don't get in too big a hurry, and wait, and then finish. And, um, you know, there's, we've got some horses in this weekend that, that are nice horses that are going to be tested and, you know, um, Roman race car is a nice horse, but it's coming out of one hole. And the other horse we've got, Lucky Lead, is a, another Harlan's Holiday that um, both horses have talent and, um, you know, should perform well. Obviously, one of them's going to lose to the others. <laughs> it's hard to say. And, I, I, um, I was also looking at Good, good Mon in the second uh, for Maiden 30, and then I saw you had a nice turf runner there with Cobbler's Reef along the rail with Robbie Alvarado aboard. Yeah, yeah, we we definitely could win three, three or four races that day if with a little bit of luck. Of course, if we win a couple, we'll be happy. But um, yeah, we're in good position and got a few more in on Sunday, and 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 we really are. We're consolidated. I'm not making any starts anywhere but Churchill right now. And when this meets over, we'll we'll chill a little bit, and make some runs at Saratoga, or send about thirty up there. And and it's a fun period. I tell you, I've never had more fun. The farm that I purchased has been just a a beautiful place and for those that ever get a chance to come see it it's it's a slice of heaven and it, it's what's keeping us consolidated as far as not having to stretch into you know other racing circuits and you know, i love racing in kentucky and and we will be coming back for the cradle and the bassinet this fall great um, i'm love just to hear go ahead it. and warn, warn everybody we, we've got several live bullets for those races <laughs> did the did, did the noms recently 
Um, so that'll be fun. And, um, you know, just trying to develop the next superstar. And that we can't wait. I think the old adage is the harder I work, the luckier I get definitely applies to you. And, Kenny, on behalf of Winning Ponies, we'd like to thank you for taking time away from your family to join us this evening. I know we'll be seeing you soon in the winter circle, possibly even a couple times on Saturday. Thanks for having me. Y'all have a nice evening. Ken, thanks so much. This has been Ken McPeak, one of the good guys in racing, bloodstock extraordinaire, and very, very talented trainer. And if you missed out, you missed out a whole lot. I'd catch it on podcast, and heck, I might even listen a time or two myself. It's time to head out to a break. When we return, we're going to be talking horses and looking forward to our play for the weekend from our good friend Pistol Pete. So stay tuned for more Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a business ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Are you a wildfire survivor? Do you need help but don't know where to turn? SoCalHelp.org is a place you can go to get immediate help with food, shelter, important medications, and start getting your life back on track. Get help now with insurance, legal issues, and find professional help like doctors and counselors. You can also connect with other survivors and people who can help. For the answers and support you need to rebuild, visit SoCalHelp.org. Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. This is segment number three. Let's finish up with Ken McPeak. Great interview. Good guy. Tells it the way it is. I mean, just laid back and success just rolls his way. I, as I said, I think the adage goes, the harder I work, the luckier I get. And Kenny may just strike down a couple on Saturday at Churchill. Talking about the luckier I get, joining us this week, as with the past few weeks and greatly enjoyed, is our good friend Pistol Pete Aielo. Pistol, are you there? I'm here. 
and we're good uh, glad to have you on and it's good to have you on as usual pete you've been doing pretty well you've been knocking on the door uh, last week i mean uh, but prior to that you were in fuego yeah, you know, and uh, it's unfortunate with the show being Thursday night. I kind of like the horse. Uh, what was that at uh, Sunday that I told you about that won and paid 13 and change? So we've been doing all right, you know, just uh, keeping the nose to the grindstone, making sure we pay attention to everything that's going on and try to make a few dollars. Well, Pete, that's the name of the game, and uh, I will tell you this. Uh, you, you definitely watch. You know what? I, I need the, uh, the two-cent answer to the question. I think I might have mispronounced it during the biggins. Is it Assiniboye, or how do we pronounce it? Actually, ironically enough, the track is now, uh, because no one can pronounce it, they simply refer to themselves as ASD, and that <laughs> is actually the truth. But uh, the correct, correct pronunciation is Assiniboye. Assiniboye. You know what? Only you would have known that because uh, Pete actually watches uh, watches the smaller circuits, looks for value, and uh, yeah, you know you won't see him playing the Grade One marquee races. Maybe on occasion, but you know for the most part, your forte is uh, you look for value where value can be found, me boy. Well, and uh, on that note, uh, for anyone in, uh, interested in this uh, Northern California Fair Circuit, the mule season is underway. They had uh, the opening season uh, a race on the Stockton Fair Circuit for mules this afternoon. So it's nothing better than a good mule race in the afternoon to get the gold juices going. You know, I, I like that. I mean, uh, you know, we, we don't talk enough about mules, but, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people refer to some of the nags that I bet on as mules. But, uh, Pete, I, I know that you've, uh, you've, you've told me you bet them, but I actually had to sit down and uh, watch a few races with you. What do we have coming up that uh, the Pistol Pete can put his signature on? Well, real, real fast about the mules. The thing about mules and Arabian races as well is, you know, you get the horses that rise to the top, and they're fairly reliable horses. So, uh, you know, horses or mules, as the case may be. So you can kind of gauge from there. You can really create a hierarchy of class levels for those type horses. And that's actually what I try to do at River Downs as well, which leads me to my horse that I like tomorrow afternoon. Going to be the spot play of the day, the one horse. Tony's a Tiger. That's in the fourth race tomorrow. We're the even-numbered races, so it'll be the second live race at River Downs. One horse, Tony's a Tiger, 5-1 to one on the morning line. The morning line favorite is the three-horse Kentucky present. And racing fans, they take a strong uh, play against on this horse. Uh, he was all out as the betting favorite last time. I actually gave him out that afternoon uh, when winning at three or three to five or something to that effect. I uh, didn't beat very much in there. I did it kind of all out in there, and I really don't like to play horses that break made it and play them right back. So uh, look for the one horse, Tony's a Tiger. Now here's the major things about this horse you want to note on this uh, racing forum. Uh, this horse finished fourth, beaten five lengths. It was a River Downs debut, and it was against much, much tougher. The horse that won that race, Blue Cherry Spin, a very nice race horse from the Drew Woodard Shed Row. He actually went up to Thistle Down this week and beat one heck of a starter allowance field up at Thistle. Uh, he did win at River Downs against the suspect bunch, but then have, uh, uh, destroyed a field up at Thistle Down this week of good quality starter horses. So Tony Tiger comes out of the starter allowance ranks and is in for a nickel non-two life. So he was actually uh, pretty precariously placed by trainer Frank Hunt last time and ran well, first start off the shelf, first start at River Downs. So uh, all in all, it was a good effort there from Tony Tiger. Now he's a bit spotty. He either runs a, ra a real good race or 
he throws in a clunker. So I'm hoping that he's uh, ready to fire a winning salvo tomorrow under Jose Calo. Uh, gets, gets a good post draw in here, has enough tactical speed where the rail will be to his advantage. A couple of the horses with a lot of early gas are on the outside of the part of the racetrack. So maybe Tony's a tiger can sit off the speed, sit in third or something to that effect and kick on with it when it matters. I think he's got a good shot and he should be a square price. That's what I'm all about, trying to find a horse that'll pay you a little something for your investment. So look for the one horse, Tony's a tiger in race four. If you're using them, make sure to use them up and down to the exact as that's probably what I'll be doing. Uh, might want to toss him a nine horse, second chance. He might be worth a second chance after three subpar efforts at Indiana Downs. Some horses just don't care for that racetrack and he shows a lot of speed, comes in for a good barn. He's 10 to 1 on the morning line. Maybe a 1 9 exact box might be in order. Race four tomorrow from River Downs. And then real quick, Ed, one other horse, uh, not so much to bet on uh, as much as to watch, because I don't think he's going to be much by way of value. But if by some strange happenstance you get a good price on this horse, I think he's definitely worth a few dollars. And that's the one horse in the eighth race. His name's Granddaddy. Now, I don't want to go on record as saying that he's a full brother to Scat Daddy, but I do believe that he's a half-brother to Scat Daddy. The damn love style in there has some great works for a good outfit. 7-2 to on the morning line should be rock solid in the eighth. I don't think you'll get seven to two. If you do, bet early and bet often, and hopefully you can lock it in somewhere. You call Vegas or, or wherever you can lock it in, though. Pete, you're an announcer, and you're one to be reckoned with, a voice on the rise. What is the toughest name runner that you've ever had to pronounce in your career? Well, I'll, uh, I'll embarrass myself a little bit. I don't know if this was so much the toughest, but I certainly made it out to be a lot more difficult than it was, and uh, a lot of my friends still tease me about it. Uh, if, you're, if you're out there in Radio Land, write down the following. Uh, write down Smothered Chicken on a sheet of paper and can, you know, condense it up as some horse names are. Uh, and uh, the way I read it at the time was Smo the Red Chicken. <laughs> so Mother Chicken was in fact Smo the Red Chicken for about three or four races and the most embarrassing part of the whole thing was uh, when he would make a movie with a big closer I would say here comes Smo and uh, <laughs> you know, everyone just laughed and said Smo the Red Chicken how did you ever come up with that Peter I love it hey thanks for the call thanks for the picks and we're definitely going to be waiting for Pistol Peace uh-huh. we can cash in on you tomorrow We'll see what we can do. Everyone, I hope you all your photo finishes are winning ones. Thanks, Pete. It's been a pleasure. That's Pete Aiello, Pistol Pete. He calls in once a week, and this guy, dressed unique and flat-out handicapped, and he calls a damn good race. Well, it's time to head on to a break. When we return, we're going to be talking final furlong. That's handicapping for the weekend here on Winning Ponies. Your internet flagship station for sports... America Sports. Over there, over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, (laughs) she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Uh-huh. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn, so follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, <laughs> no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. <laughs> 
Turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at pornlearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. The opening kickoff is a beauty. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back to Winning Ponies. This is the final furlong, the last segment of our show. Kind of bringing a tear to the eye. I believe we got one more show left in the books after tonight. End of our radio season on the Internet. Had a great time enjoying it. And speaking about enjoying it, Churchill Downs to race at night for the first time tomorrow following the testing of temporary track lighting fixtures during the early morning training hours on Monday and Tuesday. Churchill Downs declared the home of the Kentucky Derby ready for three special dates of night racing built as downs after the dark. It will mark the first time in 135 years that nighttime racing will be presented. Friday, June 26th, and Thursday, July 2nd, the others. A total of 104 horses have been entered to compete on Friday's historic 11-race program. First post, 6 o'clock, sundown, 9.09, with race 8 to coincide with the end of Civil Twilight at 9.40. The final race of the night is 11.11. Racing under the lights at the Twin Spires. What has it come to? I'll tell you what it's come to. A whole lot of fun. Speaking of a whole lot of fun, let's kick it off and let's do some handicapping for the weekend. Big powerhouse racing at Colonial Downs. Good friend Tyler Picklesheimer, racing secretary, putting together some wonderful races there. We're going to go on Saturday in race number four at Colonial Downs. Let's start with number two, Secrets to Keep 5-2. to two. Julian Pimentel is the rider for Michael Trombata. They've teamed up to win 34% in the last 60 days. Been off since November 7th. In this five-year-old mare by Stephen Got even loves the turf. Four starts, two wins, and a second. I see her laying right off the pace and picking up the pieces. I think that uh, White Pearl, the one, is uh, going to take a lot of uh, a lot of attention at the winner, Julian Le Peru. But I see secrets to keep in Julian Pimentel in the fourth race at Colonial on Saturday. If you get five to two, I think you're getting pretty square value. On to race number five at Colonial on Saturday. In this heat here, they're going to go five and a half on the turf. They run a whole lot, about 80, 90 percent of the turf races. Happen at Colonial Downs. What a beautiful course it is. I like a price here. Number six, 
Forest Tour, twelve to one. Demerna is the uh, is the rainsman here. Last out at River Downs, the half and forty four and three. They were smoking and steaming. Dean held the hedge, driving came up and did not disappoint. Is the overwhelming favorite. The damn tour is a stakes winner. Has uh, has thrown out two turf winners, seven starters, five winners, and three of which are stakes winners. Actually shot a bullet prior to the River Downs race coming up from Keeneland in race number five at Colonial. I like a price. Number six, Forest Tour at 12 to 1. Race seven at Colonial, mile and 316. So you probably got time to go get a beer and a hot dog while this is actually going on. In race number seven, I, I like the outside horse, six to five, driving Max and Mitzi. Rosemary Holmeister for Hector Magnata, and you've got third off of a layoff. I love this angle here, and that you're going to see 25 for 31 in the money on the turf. Uh, this seven-year-old gelding by Skipway is the real deal. Dan was a stakes winner, thrown out 10 starters, seven of which are winners and two turf winners, driving Max and Mitzi in the seventh race at Colonial. On to race number eight. And uh, we're going to go a mile on the inner turf, a very nice allowance race. The, the entire day just gets better and better. It starts off good and just gets better and better. In the 8th at Colonial on Saturday, I like the 10, and that is Schlepprock from the Flintstones. Old uh, bad luck Schlepprock, 9-2, to Edgar Prado for Michael Pino. These guys have, are just teaming up together. Actually, they're one for one in the money. Michael Pino is winning at 25%, and uh, you get Prado on the turf. He's a 40% in-the-money man. Made a middle move last time out, which I love the middle move, cutting back a little bit in distance. Schlepprock lights out in the eighth race at Colonial Downs. In the ninth race at Colonial Downs, five and a half on the turf. $50,000 Buckland Stakes. I go way to the outside. Way, and I mean to the 13 hole. Seven to five. Smart and fancy Edgar Prado for Anthony Dutro. Need I say more here? This is a nine for nine in the money mare. Get what you can because I don't think it's going to be much. In the 10th of Colonial, the all along grade three. Very nice race indeed. A mile and an eighth on the inter Tyler putting together some great races. This is my big bet of the day. It is the seven indescribable Kentisormo for Billy Mott. Billy Mott is, an, is a very good trainer. Third off of a layoff. He's 48% in the money. Actually, it was a grade three last time out. The dam is a stakes winner. Four turf winners she has thrown out. Eight starters, seven winners, two stakes winners. Those are incredible numbers. And this five-year-old mare by Pleasant Tap can come motoring. I mean motoring late and with the long stretch of Colonial Downs, I think it fits her very, very well. And then we move on to race number 11, Colonial, the Grade 2 Colonial Turf Cup. And this is one that you really want to want to put on your schedule to watch. It's it's a nice race indeed. They're going to go a mile and three sixteenths. I love Battle of Hastings. Tyler Bates or Jeff Mullins. The California kids are coming into town. The dam was a stakes winner. She's had five turf winners, nine starters, eight winners, and two stakes winners. The Battle of Hastings. Looks to be the real deal and just keeps getting better and better and better since shifting over from Doncaster uh, five races ago. So uh, I think the Battle of Hastings is going to come flying down the lane. As I said, 
they just spread out and they come rolling like nobody's business, rolling like thunder down that long, beautifully, beautifully manicured turf at Colonial Downs. And as I said, my good friend Tyler Pickelsheimer is the racing secretary there, and he was actually our first guest we had on Winning Ponies. Well, time flies when you're talking thoroughbred racing. Winning Ponies would like to thank Ken Peak as our special guest of the week and Pistol Pete Aiello with his play of the week and you for tuning in. Until next week, our final week, may your winners be many and your photos be few. Good luck, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.